Oh, good afternoon. Good to have you. Happy Friday. We got a lot to do today. We got Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets to give away. We're talking about electricity reliability and affordability. We got shipwrecks. We got lions. And we got what would you do? We got a jam-packed show. And usually it's at this point where I I kind of compile some of the big stories of the day. Top, you know, five stories that are going to interest you. Today, I didn't do that. I didn't do it because let's be honest. The biggest story today is the UAW strike, which we have been talking about on this show for weeks. And I've told you, it it felt like just by the rhetoric, by breaking some of the traditionary measures between the UAW and the big three negotiators, it didn't feel like the UAW had any intention of accepting any counteroffer from either General Motors, Ford, or Stellantis, and it felt like we were on a collision course with the with the strike, and that's where we're at. And this historic strike, which took place late last night, is targeting all three Detroit automakers. At once, for the first time in history, after contract negotiations failed to land a new deal. WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne is here with the latest details. Hi, Marie. And the latest is that we heard from President Biden, Chris, right before noon today. He weighed in as measures, uh, as members of the United Auto Workers Union walked out at three plants owned by Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. Auto companies have uh, seen record profits, including the last few years, because of the extraordinary skill and sacrifices of UAW workers. Those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view, with those workers. Now, the president said he was sending two White House aides to the talks, the acting labor secretary, Julie Sue, and White House senior advisor, Gene Sperling. Uh, they offer emergency. Uh, the thought was that the president would be offering emergency economic aid to the auto suppliers to protect him from any long-term damage, but he gave no details and did not mention that during the talk that he gave earlier today. Now, the talks between the UAW and the auto workers, they continue. UAW President Sean Fain, not at the table today. Mary Barra telling Fox News the union did not respond with a counteroffer until late last night. She says that's no way uh, to go about trying to get a fair deal. I'm extremely frustrated and disappointed, and I think the UAW leadership needs to get to the table because we need to get this resolved. Uh, and, and what we need to do is problem solve it. And on the table, GM and Ford both offering 20% pay increases over four years. Stellantis at about 17.5%. This includes cost of living adjustments, a $6,500 ratification bonus. Uh, Top-tier health care remains the same, and two weeks paid parental leave. The union's demanding wage increases to keep up with inflation, four-day work weeks, and the resolution and restoration of benefits like pensions for new hires. The autos have said really that. That's a non-starter with that uh, pension issue. 13,000 workers at these three plants are out today at the Ford Wayne Assembly today. Senator Gary Peters and Senator Debbie Stabenow making an appearance. I think you can't just focus on the short term. You have to focus on the long term. And when you have more workers that have more money in their pocket, that means a stronger economy. I don't believe you can have a strong economy without a strong and vibrant middle class. And I think we've seen throughout history... When middle-class workers have money in their pocket, we have a strong economy. And, Chris, the other two affected plants today are the Stellantis G plant in Toledo, Ohio, and the GM plant in Wentzville, Missouri.
thank you, Marie. Uh, unfortunately, as as fate would have it on the calendar, just coincides with one of the great nights in the automotive industry of the charity preview tonight, which I know you'll be a part of, uh, and I urge people to, to tune in tonight. Thank you for that report. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know, Marie mentioned the locations, uh, whether it's the Bronco plant in Wayne, the Jeep Wrangler plant in Toledo, or the General Motors plant in Missouri. Now, I, I, I want to put this into perspective a little bit because here, right, we, we talk about the economic impacts of this strike. If the UAW were to have just struck these three companies outright and everybody is on the picket line, nobody goes into the plants, nobody's working. Well, the Anderson Economic Group, Patrick Anderson, said anywhere between five and six billion dollars of economic impact would be felt around the country and then probably uh, tenfold here, okay? But what they're doing is they are striking certain plants systematically to, to, to just, you know, chide them a little bit. Well, you're not really making a huge dent in the economy because you're only striking so many plants. But here in Michigan, right, in Wayne at the Bronco plant, we're not going to really feel that, at least not to the scale with the sense that everybody would be off. But if you look at the General Motors plant in Missouri, in that area, in Wentzville, Missouri, just northwest of, of St. Louis, it's a town of about 45,000 people. It's equivalent to about Saginaw. They are going to feel it. The surrounding areas there will feel it more than we will here. Much more metropolitan here, but things are a little more connected. They will feel it much more in a smaller community. Toledo can probably absorb some of that economic uh, hit. And how about this? Let, let, let's put this into perspective, what the UAW is asking for. Let, let's take it from an automotive, the, the OEM look, the, the big three's perspective. Yes, Ford made $158 billion last year, up 16% from 21. Yes, General Motors made $169 billion last year, up 28% from 2021. And Stellantis made $189 billion last year, up 7% from 2021. But you know what? The big three only represent about 39% of the market share. And that has gone down every year going back to... The, the the 2000s. Like in 1999, when that deal was up, the big three had a combined market share of 67%. Now, down to 39%. The hourly cost of what workers bring in, and that's with everything. That's pay, that's Benny's, the whole deal. You're looking at about 66 bucks an hour. The, the requests that the UAW are making from the automotive perspective are off the charts. They are off the charts with what they're asking for. Now, from the union perspective, it's inflation's high. We don't have cost of living adjustments. Our pensions have gone to bleep, and we don't make enough money. And all of those things can be true. So at the end of the day, I don't know if it's a they're right, they're wrong. I think... When you want to look at 
exactly the problems. Look at the look at the the economics of it all. It doesn't bode well when you've got a president that, in my mind, has contributed to a lot of the issues that lead to these asks being so high. And I, I, I you know, God bless the president. I'm not really entirely sure what he's able to provide at this point. He's got some members of the administration that are going to come in and talk with these negotiators and and help with these discussions. The governor released a statement as well saying that more needs to be done. But the, the president coming out and saying, look, the big three has to do more is not the answer. It's, it's not the answer. And, and yes, Ford general motors, all of these, these, these companies have come out with sizable offers that they've never offered before packages that they've never offered before. And, and Sean Fain, again, going back to when these negotiations started, when he didn't shake the hands of, of the C level suite, the the, the C suite level executives at the big three, when he broke tradition in a number of ways, when he's throwing contracts in the garbage, it doesn't bode well when these negotiations uh, fall flat. When they're not going in a positive direction. Now, things are going better lately. That's good. But it seemed to me like the UAW was was on a mission to strike. And what they're doing by targeting specific plants is they're going to elongate their strike fund. And they're going to just they're going to make this hurt as long as possible until the big three uh, uh, until they make a, a concession here, a pretty big one. And I'm not entirely sure we're going to get to that point, at least not in the near term. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. We'll get to some of your calls and your texts coming up next here on JR Afternoon. And let me be a little more frank. And we're going to talk about the utilities, the the, the grid, the reliability here momentarily. But but I, I, I want to be a little more clear. Because... The UAW has seen a reduction in membership over the years. And I believe, and look, this is not anti-union. This isn't anti-UAW. This isn't any of that. Okay, this is just, in my mind, what's happening and where we are headed. The auto companies are going to need less people to make electric vehicles. So as we continue down this road to 2035, when General Motors wants an all-EV fleet, when all of these companies are introducing more and more electric vehicles into their portfolio, you're going to need less workers. You're going to get more automation, and which means you'll have less UAW members. So I don't besmirch or hold anything against Sean Fain for wanting to get theirs, especially when you see big-time profits from these companies over the last couple of years. From a long-term sustainability perspective, don't you think the car companies are going to start thinking, how do we, how do we avoid this going forward? And, and that is not a good place to be in either because you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people that are tied to this union, that are loyal to this union, and that are loyal to, to building and manufacturing vehicles in the Motor City. So that's not a good thing. But I think from a business perspective, that's an option. It's also an option, and I'm, again, not saying this would happen. But if these demands are too high, if these, if these, if the concessions are too lofty, 
What are the automakers going to do? Ford's not going to go away. They're not going to fold. You just start building plants down in Mexico City. Just start building plants in different parts of the world. And and again, it 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 renders our workers useless, and that's not something we want either. But in 2023, this is this is the reality, and I don't like it. But I think that's the that's what we're facing. 800-859-0957. Brandon's in Northville. What's up, Brandon? Hey, good to uh, talk to you. I've been a long-time listener and just love your show, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome. So I'm uh, we're, we're a locally-owned real estate company here, okay. but a, an international franchise. And um, being where we are, we deal with a lot of Tier 1 and Tier 2, which are pretty big suppliers now and people within the industry. Um, we just had a kind of an off the record, but I'm sure it was recorded by some people because everything's on, you know, Zoom nowadays. But we had an interesting uh, kind of speaker uh, last minute informally come on, and they reminded us what had been done in the past where they target certain plants mm-hmm. um, because they know it's going to cause pain to their biggest suppliers Correct. who then economically cannot supply the plants that are still open. Therefore, they have to lay off workers at those plants, and they don't have to tap the strike fund and only mm-hmm. pay them $5 a week. I, it, they, they pulled up, I, I think it was GM that had, had done it back in the uh, maybe 80s or 90s. Um, it, admittedly, it was a, a busy and you know very last minute, but I, I thought it was really interesting. So they said, yeah, they targeted, they wanted to do one out of each three, but the one that they did, and you mentioned earlier that it is going to cripple that uh, town out of state because that's that's their bread and butter. Yep. Uh, you know, they're talking seven to ten jobs for every auto job, even here, you know, that, you know, when they're not it's working, huge. the economy, it's just massive. So basically what they're doing is they're, you know, trying to hollow it out from within and they're not going to have to hit their strike fund because they're going to hurt the tier one suppliers. And by the way, I mean, the White House came out and said, we're talking about grants for tier one suppliers right now. I I mean, look, this is this is the this is the 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 I think the worry for a lot of folks and and me included. And Brandon, you bring up a lot of great points this they are building this for the long haul. When, when you're targeting individual plants like this, when you're not going to dip into the strike fund, when some of these workers are just going to be able to collect unemployment, um, they are they're they're gearing up like this is not going to be a, a week. At least I don't think. God, I hope I'm wrong. But but it it seems like they're gearing up for the long haul that they, they want to take this the distance until they get what they think is a fair shake. And right now, the, the big three have not provided that according to Sean Fain and the UAW. Brandon, I appreciate you. Um, Vince Northville, everybody hold tight for me. I know you're on the line. We'll get to you momentarily. I do want to throw this into the mix, though, because there is a contingency of Republican lawmakers in the state of Michigan that are looking at what the Democrats are rolling out in terms of uh, energy uh, and and the way that we're going to see some of the utilities pivot as being just unaffordable and unattainable. Uh, Representative Joe Aragona of Macomb Township uh, also sits on the House Energy Committee, joins us. Representative, good to have you with us. You know, we've heard about the windmills. We've heard about uh, solar power, all of these things. Why is this not the way to go? Because there are a lot of folks that sit on your side of the aisle that just aren't pleased with this. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, And and I want to mention, you just talked about the strike going on with the UAW, and and you you talked about some of the uh, 
changes in the big three. And one of those big changes is that uh, each company is trying to move more and more uh, and eventually become 100 percent uh, EV manufacturers yep. rather than ICE vehicle manufacturers, right? Yep. What is that going to do to our grid? We're going to have to draw a lot more energy off the grid if everyone eventually will have these EV vehicles, right? Which means we're going to have to have a lot more stable generation. We're going to be, have to generate power in a very stable manner that won't fluctuate, that we won't have to worry about the weather, um, that we'll be able to push a button and, and, and have this power on the grid. Uh, unfortunately, this Democrat plan, um, it's basically an extreme environmentalist wish list um, because uh, the, 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 the carbon-free, the, 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 um, uh, the renewable, it's, it's, it's going 100% towards um, these uh, basically, in essence, uh, far more solar, far more wind, um, which is is a noble idea to try and, and, and keep the environment clean. And guess what? My side of the aisle wants to do the same thing. There's a, a bipartisan package um, that has to do with community solar. Uh, uh, my colleague, John Roth, uh, he partnered with the Democrats, and, and that's sitting right there. However, we haven't even had a discussion on it yet. Well, and here's um, the other so- part, too. Here, the, the other part here, and I think from a, from a vote, from just a, a normal person's perspective in this state, it's, okay, well, that may not be the way to go. But it also isn't fair that we pay the 10th highest rate for for electricity or energy in this state or in the United States. And we have one of the most unreliable grids in the country. So I think that you've got people here that are just going, what what is it going to take that when the wind blows, I don't lose power? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's the right question to ask. However, this package is not the answer. It's going to make things far less reliable and rates are going to go up close to 96 percent. I mean, we're going to be paying does, more for a far less reliable uh, energy grid. Does this move um, us closer we, to maybe what we see out in California than than 100%. maybe places like, you know, anywhere in the in the heartland or down south? Yes, because we're going to have to. Um, uh, yes. The short answer is yes. However, California is even starting to um, take a hard look at, at things like natural gas, which is very plentiful here in Michigan. Uh, our, the, the, the Democrat plan starts to shut down and, and remove a lot of the natural gas, and, and, and that's a shame. Um, it also doesn't allow and puts a cap on nuclear energy. Well, what about small, small uh, reactors that are about to come online and they're about to, to make an, a, an emergence throughout the power grid throughout the United States? Nuclear is a great bipartisan answer. Natural gas is plentiful in Michigan. These are two big answers that Republicans want to take a look at. However, this plan is far more extreme and doesn't allow for those. Representative, I have about 15 seconds left. What What is sure. the caucus going to do to prevent this or, or what's the answer here? Well, unfortunately, the Democrats are, again, just uh, kind of kowtowing to the extreme environmentalists. OK, we're ready to come to the table. We're ready to uh, present options. My uh, colleague of mine, Representative Graham Filler, is is. About to present a package, a bipartisan package. I know you guys are on top of it. Unfortunately, I got to run. Got to take a break. More next. All right, we're talking the UAW. And the strike that happened when their contracts with the big three expired last night at 11.59. I want to get to some of your calls and texts, 800-859-0957. Brian, let's hit the text first. What do we got there? Uh, this is from the 586 area code. It says, address this comment, please. Okay. If the Done. UAW is going to strong arm the big three, 
to make over 100 k a year. What will the fast food industry employees want next from the $15 an hour they make now? Get ready for cars that can't be purchased and $40 Big Macs. Remember when $15 an hour was the, that that was the, the golden standard? Yeah. Yeah, that was the golden standard. Here's I, another one. I got another one here from okay. Eddie in Shelby Township. I, and this is what he says. I know people who work for Ford that are in the marketing department that walk around all day and do nothing. They get a free vehicle to use. They make $150,000 plus a year. Why is this acceptable? Well, look, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't have the inner workings of of each auto company. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, that first texture has a point. It's like you're going to. OK, let, let's let's just let's for the sake of argument, say that the UAW gets 75 percent of what they're asking for. Right. Which would be outrageous. I mean, it would be a huge win for the union. But that that is an outrageous concession by the automakers. But let let's let's play the game. If that were to happen, what do you think is going to happen? Are car prices going to go down? Are they going to stay the same? Or are they? I feel like Michael Scott when he's trying to recruit a, a salesman. Do you want a better life or that you're a, a worse life or a life to stay the same? It's like you know, car prices are going to go up. Okay, car prices are going to go up. They're not going to just let, they're not going to just pay out more money. That's not how it works. So you as an auto as a customer are going to pay more money. You're going to pay more. And look, I again, I I don't think it's unfair for UAW workers to to want more, want cost of living adjustments when inflation, you know, goes through the roof. Okay, that's fine. But when you're making these types of demands from the automakers, look, that is going to trickle down. That's the way it works. 800-859-0957. Vince in Northville has been patient uh, holding on. What's up, Vince? Hey, I, I love I, I love what you guys are talking about, and thank you for hammering the issue. I'm going to give you some bullet points here as quickly as I possibly can. Number one. Nobody else in America right now is getting a cost of living raise, okay? Everybody is struggling, okay? The UAW is no different. Number two, we have 33,000 illegals crossing the southern border. Open your eyes, take a look at New York. If the big three yeah. decide to put the word out and say, look, we're hiring workers at 30 bucks an hour, these people are going to flock into the Motor City like ants on a candy bar in the streets, okay? And when those people are picketing on the picket line, what are you going to do when 7,000 hungry people wanting to work cross your picket line to work for $30 an hour, okay? These people don't get it, okay? We have an immigration problem. I'm in construction. You okay. know this. I do know that. Look, look what the, the Hispanics have done in the construction industry. Multi, MI, Pulte, Toll Brothers, go to any of these places right there, all Hispanic workforce, okay? These guys are working 12 hours a day for $350 a day, okay, six days a week. They work from 7 o'clock in the night, 7 o'clock in the morning, till about 7.30 at night for 350 a day. Do you think they cannot build cars? And they work in 90-degree heat and 5-degree below zero weather. Well, look, I I think that's the nightmare scenario for the UAW. And, Vince, I appreciate it, bud. I I think the nightmare scenario for the UAW is that one of these companies, and it's just going to take one, for them to go, you know what? We're moving on. We're moving on. We're going to find 
somebody else to make these cars. Or we're going to move this to a different location where we can make them cheaper or whatever. And that's not, look, that's not good. Okay. And, and I don't think any of these companies, right, these are our car companies. These are literally our car. These are made in Detroit. These are our cars. I don't think any of them want to do that. But they are a business. They don't have any allegiances to to this area from a hundred years ago. No, it, it, that's not how this works today. Like it, it, they are running a business. They have an operation to, to oversee. They have product to move. And while I don't think that they want any of that, that is an option that has to be on the table and that has to have been talked about behind the scenes somewhere. Mark's in Livonia. What's up, Marky? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, when you look back at 2015, the Wayne Assembly Plant that's on strike was going to move to Mexico. The reason, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why was not so much the wages and the benefits. It was the corporate tax. It was at 40%. When Trump was uh, won the election, before he was inaugurated, he came to Detroit and he told Bill Ford, "Just hold on before you move the plan. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna um, try to lower the corporate tax twenty percent, which is that's the norm around the world in corporate uh, countries." So he decided to stay there. Well, you know, that plant, uh, which is paid for, it was going to go to Mexico. But because of the corporate tax, not so much the wages. Yeah. But these these kind this kind of a raise would cause them to move that plant right to Mexico. Now that well, wait, wait, uh, uh, Mark, itself, I will. Let me just say, I don't know that that's the truth. Okay, I don't I don't have access to their financials, so I don't want to say that this type of if if the UAW were to get what they're asking for, I don't know that that would prompt it. Okay, is that fair? Well, no, that's sure it would. Why? Because you're talking about now wages doing uh, affecting the profit of that company. Now Ford just lost four billion dollars in the EV industry. Correct. You know, and so it, it takes a lot of money to invest in certain in a business to you know to create a product that people want. And how are they going to do that when they're now they're spending way too much money for everything? And now, and then the Biden administration wants to raise it back forty percent. Why right. wouldn't they move it? Why wouldn't they move it? This this guy is is not going to the bargaining table in, in good faith. I think what the company did offer, which I heard today, was a pretty good offer, but for a forty six percent raise, that's crazy. That's crazy. You're talking about somebody making a hundred grand to making 125 or 130. It, it is That's substantial. A lot of money. You're right. It is a lot of money. Mark, I appreciate it. Let's go to Jackie in Rochester Hills. Hey, Jackie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. What can I do for you? Okay. My question is you mentioned the trickle down effect of, um, the cost of cars mm-hmm. in correlation with the UAW workers wages going up. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how I'm a previous auto worker. I worked in the industry for like 13 years. In 1997, I was hired in at the same wage that they are hiring these people in now. So how does that correlate with the price of the cars going up according to these people's wages? I think that's the disconnect that people are seeing right now. And they're thinking that, you know, oh, these people are asking for an ungodly amount. No, they're not. They're not asking for something unreasonable. When you take all the chiefs that they have within these corporations 
and you tally up all their benefits and you tally up all their bonuses and everything else, you're looking at nothing that they're paying these people. So, Jackie, look, uh, my... I, I, I want to let you finish. My stance is not anti-UAW or pro-automakers. It's 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 none of those things. I'm trying to be honest about the situation. Now, you asked about, here. here's what I did. I went back to 1999. The top aid, the, the estimated hourly costs of, and that's, that's your hourly pay, that's your benefits, that's the whole kit and caboodle. What the, the, the union was getting, what union members were getting, from the automakers. It was 45 bucks an hour. That was in 1999. Now they're getting about $66 an hour. When you talk about what you're what you're making per hour and then all the benefits and the whole the whole deal. So yes, and cars have gone up since 1999. So if you're going to add another 46% and that's just the hourly pay. Oh, and by the way, they're going to work they're going to work four days a week. They're going to work 32 hours for 40 hours of pay. So you're going to essentially be doing less and you're going to have more time off, more vacation. All of those things are fine. And if you're a part of the union, I get why you're arguing for it and fighting for it. I, it's, I don't have a problem with that. But at the end of the day, let's be honest. All of that is going to trickle down. The automakers aren't going to eat that, are they? No, but there's an, there's other industries that should be eating it, and it shouldn't be the average worker that's eating it, and that's what's happening. You guys aren't seeing that. I'm not an auto worker myself. I'm not sure. part of UAW. Sure. I actually I support the people that are working there. I really don't care too much for the union and the union reps because sure. I don't. I, I believe there's a lot of optics there, and there's a lot of things that people don't understand are happening or going on, and maybe payoffs. Who knows? I mean, they're not exactly a an honest entity but that's a whole nother topic yeah the, the main point is is these people are being held temporary workers for extended periods of time they don't have anything like the benefits that we had when we hired back in in 1997 they've constantly taken from them so to say the 40 some dollars compared to the 60 some dollars and they're getting a lot less than what we were then. We were pensioned then. They're yeah. not pensioned now. You know, I mean, there's sure. a lot that's sure. worked into it. And I and I think the fact that it's falling down on the average man and woman's back that works to make these vehicles is wrong. All right, Jackie, good stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, we got packed lines. If you want to get involved, they got one line open right now. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. We'll take a break. We'll get back to you next on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. Uh, here's the deal. We did have an interview scheduled for this segment. We're going to scrap it. All right, we're talking about the UAW. That's what you guys want to talk about. That's what we're going to do. I do have Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets to give you uh, coming up at 348. So we'll give you an opportunity to win those. Uh, we will also talk about the Lions. And yes, for some reason, Blue Ski Masks is on the dock. Um. But look, UAW on strike, all three companies, first time ever in history. And right now they're targeting one uh, plant in Wayne, the Bronco plant. They're uh, targeting a Jeep Wrangler plant in Toledo and the Wentzville, Missouri GM plant, which is roughly the size of Saginaw, just to give you a perspective. And in my mind, those it's it's those plants that are sporadically placed around the United States that are going to be in the most trouble that are from an economic perspective um, the most concerning 
for those communities because you're dealing with smaller communities that rely on these jobs. And, and that's exactly what the UAW is designing. It's exactly what they're looking for. Those, those communities, those plants that are going to be impactful by the stoppage in work for the big three. Meanwhile, the big three have come out. Mary Barra came out, said that GM had a historic offer on the table. It included 20% in wage hikes over four and a half years. Um, She said that if people really understood it and the details of it, that they would support it. So maybe a shot across the bow of Sean Fain, the president of the UAW. What do you make of this? 800-859-0957. Look, I'm trying. I'm just leveling with you. I'm trying to be as honest as I can because I don't know that there is a right, wrong or indifferent answer. I think the UAW is fighting for something that they feel like they've been owed for many, many years. And unfortunately for them, it is it comes at a pretty hefty price tag in the immediate in the in the in the now because that that 46% hike is it's a lot and cola and wage uh, and 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 tears going away and benefits and pensions it's a lot it is a big ask and from the automotive perspective look the reality is this they're running a business okay they're running a business and as much as nobody wants to think about it or say it, the 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 concern here is that is it possible that they just say, you know what, we're going to do something else. We'll pivot. We'll go to Florida or <laughs> Florida. We'll go to Mexico. We'll go overseas. We'll build these cars somewhere else. And that would be absolutely devastating for us. But you've got Patrick Anderson with the Anderson Economic Group saying that this strike in in totality, if they were to go to a full strike would be, you know, an economic impact of anywhere between five and $6 billion. It, it's, it's absolutely huge. 800-859-0957. You can call or text that number. Let's go out to Mark in Warren. What's up, Mark? Great show. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, bud. Uh, the big three need to need to be fair and bargain in honesty. They have always gone overseas. For cheaper labor, quality went down. The prices stayed the same. Mm-hmm. The American workers, the greatest workers, voluntary workforce on planet Earth, building a great product, has suffered for 15 years since the Obama administration gutted them completely. So you got all these tiers, all these layers. The percentage they're asking for, 40% over four years, is very reasonable. Now, where's the payback? Where's the 15 years that were lost? How are these people supposed to go to work? be uh, optimistic that their future is going to be okay. They can provide for their families. And that's exactly what Sean Fain has said. And look, there are a lot of things that I agree with Sean Fain about. Like the work-life balance, you you shouldn't, we we, we shouldn't be requiring these people to work six, seven days a week, 12-hour days. We shouldn't be asking them to work on holidays. Like these are skilled workers, and and they are literally building vehicles that get us from point A to point B, get you to your doctor's appointment, get you to, to East Lansing, uh, to a Spartan game, get you to wherever you need to go. And, Absolutely. And, 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 and there is no doubt that I believe that Sean Fain is right on a lot of these issues. Unfortunately, they are looking back in history. They are looking back over the last 10, 15, 20 years and go, I think he said the other day in his live stream on Facebook that, the UAW traditionally and their leadership, past presidents, 
have undersold what they were looking for and then even underdelivered from there. And that's where you're seeing, you know, hourly wages go up $2, $3 over the last, you know, 20 years. And that's where I think they're right. But when you're looking for all that now and you're turning down offers where, you know, I've seen some estimates that the Ford offer is up to $30, a 30% uptick per hour. I mean, that's a huge concession that they're making and they're still turning it down, which tells me, and by the way they're striking by targeting individual plants, that they're in this for the long haul. This is not going to be a two-week thing. It feels like it's going to be a lot longer. Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Justin's in Westland. Hey, Justin. How you doing today? I'm good. I, I got a question for you, and this was regarding the, the price to the consumer. Okay. Now, uh, a lot of people need to understand that back in 2008, we gave up huge concessions. We gave up 20 hours vacation. We gave up our COLA. Mm-hmm. We allowed them to introduce a workforce within our buildings that were 20%, but only paid $20 an hour. Yep. On top of those jobs that these people lost, the, 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 your cleaning crews, your people that drove the cars, those were no longer done by the people in the plant, so you wouldn't see the old-timers cleaning the bathrooms anymore. So those jobs were lost on top of the 20%. But nothing stopped them from raising the cars almost 50% from 2000 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Your, your fully loaded focus around 2000, I believe, was $19,000 by, by, I think it was 2012. 2015, somewhere around there, I think they, they we, we started rolling them off the line somewhere around twenty seven, twenty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, look, I Justin, I I I hear you, and again, this is where I'm with the union on a lot of these issues. But when you're asking for the whole pot, the whole kit and caboodle, now it feels more. It feels more, and and again, yeah, I, I do believe that that eventually. The automakers are going to pass this down to the customers. The price uptick. Got to take a break. Three o'clock hour. Good to have you. Big news today. Obviously, the UAW striking all three automakers. Stellantis, General Motors, and Ford together at the same time for the first time in history. And as a result, they are targeting select plants around the country. Certainly a couple in our area and thousands of people are hitting the picket lines. Let's reset everything. We'll get back to your phone calls and texts at 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. But first, uh, let's bring in Marie Osborne, WJR Senior News Analyst, to to set the table for us. Hi, uh, hi Marie. Hi, Chris. So this uh, afternoon, the president said he was sending two White House aides to the talks, which, by the way, are continuing today. The UAW president, Sean Fain, is not there today. However, the talks are continuing at this hour. Uh, the president sending the labor secretary, Julie Sue, and White House senior advisor, Gene Sperling, to the talks in an effort to get things going. The president saying nobody wants a strike, but he respects the workers' quest for better wages. Unions raise workers' wages, they said, incomes, increase home ownership, increase retirement savings, increase access to critical benefits like sick leave and child care, and reduce inequality, all of which strengthen our economy for all workers. 
Now, the strike with the, with the union is calling stand-up strike is targeting specific plants of Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, which make the Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Fiat brands. We just want to make sure that everybody's taken care of and, and be able to get through this, you know, at, at, as whole as possible. Now, union leaders have said they will select new target plants to take out on strike in various waves of negotiations if they continue to fail to land a new agreement with the auto companies. On the table, GM and Ford both offering 20% pay increases over four years, along with other benefits. Stellantis is offering about 17.5% wage increase. GM CEO Mary Barra spoke on several morning shows this morning about the walkout and how it would affect operations. She told CNBC see that even a single plant going down could have a ripple effect through the entire company. Here's what she said, quote, our GM team members who are representing uh, have told me time and time again that job security is very important to them. How you get job security is making sure you have beautifully designed cars, trucks, and crossovers that people want to buy. Mm. It's a tough spot, certainly, and thankfully those conversations are continuing. Marie Osborne, thank you very much. Thank you. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I I just give you my perspective a little bit for the folks that are just joining us now. You know, this isn't anti-UAW or anti-Big Three. It's not pro either either, okay? This is more about big asks by the UAW and big concessions by the car companies. And for the first time in history, all three are being striked together. Now, you've got the the Wentzville, Missouri plant, town of about 45,000 people, roughly the size of Saginaw. And the situation that they will find themselves in with these targeted strikes are probably going to be more impactful in those communities. You're going to feel them a little more. Because when you're in those smaller towns... You the the they rely on plants like that General Motors plant in Wentzville. That's the only game in town. It's the big boss. It's the big job. You know, Toledo probably can absorb that. Wayne certainly can, but it's not that we won't feel it either. There are gonna be families that are gonna that are gonna have to tighten down. But the way that the UAW is doing this is, if I'm reading between the tweet the, the tea leaves correctly, and look, I could be wrong, and I hope I am. But the the reason they are striking like this is so that they can maintain a nice big pot in their strike fund, and that if they need to, you know, those workers could just file for unemployment, and they get right back in the game when when they're ready to roll. So I, I, I think this is a really tough spot, a really tough spot. And let's say the other, the, the other part, the, other, the, the, the quiet part out loud, as the kids like to say these days. The, the, the reality is, is there is a real world, I would imagine, plan that the automakers would go, you know what, to hell with this. We'll move to Mexico. We'll go somewhere else. If you're going to demand these types of of numbers, these types of percentages, and we're not going to be able to get back to business here, then we'll we'll have to create another plan. And I don't even know if that's in the immediate. And again, I hope I'm wrong. But let's, let's be honest here. It's 2023. As 
much history and as much as important as this region has been to the entire world. Let's not be blinded by the fact that these are companies that are trying to make money that are important to our economy. And if they are not in the position to 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 match or meet these numbers or demands, that I, I don't know what else they do. What are they going to stop making cars? Is Ford just going to you know close up business? I don't think so. So I, I, I think there's a lot at play here. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. Let's go to Dave in Rochester. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris. Great show. Thanks. Uh, two, two great phone calls that preceded me, the mm-hmm. themes of which were the all-in cost and the, what's transpired in the last fi- 15 years. Very relevant as far as understanding where this needs to end up at. Start with the all-in cost. What a manufacturer cares is after you want this health, this, all these benefits, pet, whatever, cola, everything else, mm-hmm. what's going to be my cost for one, to get one hour of work? Correct. Out here, okay? It's called a full-up cost, the all-in cost, the true-up cost, whatever you want to call it. Okay? And so let's, let's take that. You mentioned it's 65. Okay? Let's go back to – let's go back – for perspective here, to 2008 when the big three were going virtually bankrupt, okay? Yep. At that point, the rate of the U.S. automaker all-in cost was a whopping $95 back then. So that's, you know, it's about three-quarters in today's terms. We had 33% general inflation in the last 15 years. Okay, the transplants, if you recall, the whole discussion was we can't afford 95 when the true-up cost of everything for the transplant in this country is only 55. So that $55 back then was only 41. Okay, you fast forward that. If you're telling me the current true-up cost going into this contract was only $66, okay, the, the inflation of that 95 would have been 126. Now, that 126 is totally untenable. Other than that, we're going back to bankruptcy. But if, if you're talking, if you're saying it's 65 or 66 now and a 20% hike, I, we're not even halfway there. So I think there's room to give without going up to that stupid 126. Well, and, and here, he, my, my numbers are a little different than yours because what I found was that in 2007, 2008, the estimated hourly cost, that all-in number is that, that you're referring to, was about 78 bucks. Now, after the recession... They went down, and there were concessions made by the UAW. So they actually took cuts. And the they the hourly pay that the automakers were doling out went down to about $56. And ever since then, they've been on the way up. So now if you want to make the argument that we want to go pre-recession and then work from there, okay, we can make that argument. I could see that. But unfortunately, we can't roll back time. We can't hop back in the time machine. Right now is what is the is what we're dealing with. The numbers of today, and I, I've heard Sean Fain say, "Well, let's go back to the pre-pandemic." Well, what? nobody goes back to the pre. We we can't do that anymore. This is the world we live in today, and so that's why these numbers are so big. I, again, I'm not against the UAW and all all their demands. Some of them seem a little cartoony, but I don't think. 
some of them are. I think some of them are real, legit concerns that need to be addressed. And I think that's where the automakers really need to step in. Dave, appreciate the call. More of your calls, your texts coming up next. Hang it tight. 800-859-0957. All right, welcome back. We got a big Lions game this weekend. We'll get to that momentarily. Look, this is the big news of the day. I, you know, I like to build headlines for you. Make sure you, you are on top of everything that you need to know and things that you are talking about. And we rap about it. But look, this is the biggest news today. You got the president talking about it. You got the, the, the you know, Mary Barra's weighing in across the board. I mean, look, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. UAW, UAW striking all three companies for the first time in, in ever. And that's uncharted territory. And while the UAW is targeting specific plants to certainly keep contain and and maintain a robust strike fund this is going to cause problems for the automakers and as these talks which are still ongoing today continue um i i i just my feeling on this my vibe is that it's just they they were always kind of intent on striking. And when they issued that that strike vote, where I think it was a 97% vote in favor of striking if necessary, I mean, that's your whole workforce. It's everybody. That is everybody that is willing to strike. So when you've got that type of support from the rank and file, Sean Faye just has to say, okay, here's our demands. Meet them. Because if you don't, We'll strike you. And and that certainly puts a lot of power and emboldens the, the union. But the worry here is that the auto companies just go, you know what? We're, we're done here. We'll go down to Mexico City. We'll start building elsewhere because this is just not, uh, not uh, unattainable. We, 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 we can't continue to operate under this, this structure or, or these demands. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. But there is no way that those conversations aren't being held. You, you, if you are the, the head or one of the, the, the people that are in charge of the most powerful car companies in the world, the most influential people in automotive, yeah, the, you, you have contingency plans. You do. And, you know, God bless this area. We, we, are, we are car people through and through. They, they don't have any allegiance to us anymore. This isn't, and that's the truth. They could go anywhere else and start making vehicles. So there is, there is, the the idea here is that these cooler heads prevail. And that the UAW understands that what the auto companies are, are offering are good, maybe not great, maybe not everything they want, but you're not going to get everything you want in negotiations. That's not how negotiations work. 800-859-0957. Larry's in Ray Township. What's up, Larry? Hello. Well, you know, I'd like to just point out the American workers can't compete with uh, people even in Mexico. I've even gone, I've gone myself, gone to Mexico back in the mid-90s to help them get started making disc brakes and disc drums because I've done before for Hazel Mar Mears. They were the highest paid company in that area. We're paying their employees 700 pesos a week. 
that's about $110 right. as compared to what they make in here. Now, how can we compete with them? Why, if you don't want General Motors who wants to ship their cars, putting them together because they're not making them here, let them send them to Mexico. Let them buy, let those people buy them. And if they want to import cars, do what what the Mexican people, the government does. All right. Uh, Larry, I appreciate it. Thank you. Vicky's in Port Huron. Hey, Vicky. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm great. What can I do for you? Hey, my husband's a UAW worker. Okay. And I'm so sick of people saying that the car prices are going to go up because of this strike. Okay. The dealerships are the ones that jack up the prices. I was buying interested in buying a Bronco. Mm-hmm. They were $4,000 over the MSRP. When we question getting the A-plan for it, they don't take it. They'll take it for every other vehicle. Um, when my husband questioned the 4000 he said, well, that we could do whatever we want with those. We have friends that have bought $15,000 over the MSRP for a Bronco. That's the dealership's doing. It's not the car maker's dealing, doing. It's not the UAW worker. And then if they get a raise, it's not going to put much money on the car, the vehicle. It's what the, the, the dealerships buy the car at index price, and then they jack it up to MSRP price, and then they tack on even more money and make their deal. Vicki, let me ask you this. How, how are you guys feeling about this? About the dealerships, I'm really No, 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 about the strike, about the strike. I'm happy. Okay. I have, my husband has carpal tunnel tunnel from working on the line. He's now skilled trades, and they're busting their butts. They're low men, low men. They're not hiring what Mm -hmm. they need. And we have friends that have been in the tears, and they're busting their butts. And not getting enough money for it. They don't get benefits. They don't get anything. Right. And a lot of what the UAW is fighting for is get rid of those tiers because those employees deserve every bit of what what uh, the paid employees do. Yeah. No, They're Vicky, I, I, I hear you. Job. Look, and, and I'm, we, I'm, um, I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I hope that, that this is not as lengthy of a process as I fear it could be. So I hope I hope well, you guys are are on the right uh, path. Vicky, appreciate the call. 800-859-0957. All right, big Lions game this weekend. Look, it's a home game. Ford Field is going to be, I don't know, it's going to be a madhouse. Uh and uh I Steve, is that you in a blue ski mask? You got your ski mask on? Uh haven't gone quite that far yet there, Chris. Uh, let me point out that our conversation brought to you by the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. Whether you're into the Honolulu Blue and Silver, the Green and White, the Maize and Blue, Motor City football is indeed back. Performance Remodeling invites you to get in the game with their $100,000 Window of Opportunity Sweepstakes. Log into windowsroofingsiding.com for a chance to win Performance Remodeling's $100,000 Window of opportunity sweepstakes all right there young chris as it stands right now your detroit lions a four and a half point favorite over the visiting seattle seahawks this is the third straight year these two clubs are playing you recall seattle throttled the lions back in 2021 51 29 last year much closer seattle wins at 48 45 the officiating was garbage 
thus costing the Lions a postseason spot. Uh, The news of the hour, Chris, is Lions starting left tackle Taylor Decker. Uh, Dan Campbell saying that he has slightly below questionable status right Mm. now uh, to get in there. I know it hurts. You'll recall right tackle Penny Sewell made eight starts at left tackle when Decker missed the start of the 2021 season with that finger injury and played the position this summer uh, when the Lions gave Decker rest uh, in camp. Now, uh, Dan Campbell also saying, Chris, that the Lions have toyed with moving right guard Big V, Mr. Vitae, to left Mm -hmm. tackle and keeping Sewell on the right and with playing Vitae at right tackle and using Graham Glasgow at right guard. Now, conversely, I'll point out, uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, both of their starting tackles are out. Charles Cross suffered a sprained uh, big toe on his right foot in the opener. Uh, right tackle Abraham Lucas was placed on injured reserve after aggravating his knee in the uh, first half of week one. Their replacements, Jake Kern and Stone Forsythe, they have a combined six starts between them. So, uh, yeah, there's that. that. Steve, that place is going to be a nut house. It is going to be so fun, and you've got C.J. Gardner-Johnson after the game last week putting on that blue ski mask and then telling fans to go get blue ski masks. Uh, last story I read is that you could not find a blue ski mask on Amazon. They were sold out completely, and the word on the street is there will be blue ski masks aplenty at this game this weekend. It's going to be a fun one. I'll be dialed in. I know you will, too. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. My fear with everybody wearing the blue ski mask is how many people are going to leave with the wrong people. I, right. you got to make sure you know? that you go home with the people you came with. <laughs> Steve is. Courtney, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, another audible. Look, this is the big story of the day. We'll continue with the UAW. We'll hold what would you do till next week. Danielle, you say this is a doozy. This is your deal. You say this. this is, this has to do with what? Weddings, you said? Weddings and inviting people to weddings. Okay, and it's you say it's it's a it's a real head scratcher? It's juicy. Ju- oh. We're my. going with juicy today. Okay, it's juicy. Uh-huh. We'll do it next week. Uh unfortunately, look, the UAW story is a big one, and we're gonna continue talking about it. Uh, I've got Trans Siberian Orchestra tickets. We'll give those away in about twelve minutes, so keep uh, keep tuned in. Uh eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. We're talking UAW. Brian, you got some text. Let's let's rumble oh, through those. A lot of text. All right, okay, let's roll the through those. the area code, you're right on about how they're striking. They are trying to maintain the strike fund. I look, I it's just it's the it's the reading between the tea leaves, and that tells me, again, going a little further, that they're not willing to acquiesce on a lot of their asks and demands. Right. That means that they're they're going to get. Or they're gonna they're gonna continue to strike until they get as close to what they want. Yep. Here's Lisa in Gross Point. Speaking of demands, she says, "If they give into these demands, I'll sell my Ford stock, and I will never buy a UAW built car." No, I don't think that's the way to look at it. Look, you may not be pro union, but these are still people in our community. These are still people that do a lot of really skilled work. And these are still people that do a really good job. We don't, I, I don't think that that's the approach to take. Look, God bless. It's a free country. Do what you want. But it, 
I don't think that's the approach to take. That's not the, the approach I would take. This one says if they do give in, the big three would become even more uncompetitive with other automakers like Tesla, where they already make less money than UAW workers. Yeah, and here's the other sticking point. Again, I, I've we've talked about the EV aspect of this, where I think it's going to take less people to build these cars. There aren't just there just aren't as many components. Yeah, they want they being the union want to make sure that these like EV battery plants, whether it's in Marshall or in Kentucky or Tennessee, they want those to be UAW jobs. So you might see less workers at a plant, but the idea is hopefully you'll get more union members in some of these other spots. Okay, here's one from uh, the 517 area code. This is not a communist country yet. If the union workers don't like their jobs, pay or benefits, they're free to find new jobs, just like anyone else. And may I remind them, this is the economic plan, the president, that their union supports put forward that has made their dollars as well as mine worth less, therefore making our wages, even though even though more than it was two years ago, less in value. I have no sympathy for them. Okay, so again, fine on the second part, but the first part, look, these are pe- other people. Yes, they're union workers, and yes, I imagine some of them agree with the party's stance on their politics. I can't imagine they all do. That's not an indictment on everybody in the party or, yeah. or everybody in the union. I, I don't. I, again, I, this isn't anti-UAW, anti-car companies. It's none of that. It's I'm just trying to be honest with you about the situation, the hand that we're dealt. And right now, the union doesn't like what the car companies have responded with, and like and because of that, they've struck all three at the same time. Now. They're they're striking these individual plants because that's a way for them to retain their their eight hundred and thirty five million dollars in their strike fund. And they're going to be able to bleed them out as long as possible. And from the car, the the, the automakers look again, I hope I'm wrong. But the reality is these are companies that are there to make money. They are important to our economy. And if if they cannot get a legitimate deal done with the UAW, you're telling me they don't talk behind the scenes about what, what the contingency is? I mean, right, right. Somebody brought up Bill Ford Jr. potentially moving that Ford plant down to Mexico during Donald Trump's presidency. I mean, yeah, th- those discussions are ongoing. So as as much as we value these companies here and as much as and as important as they are, are to us in our communities in southeast Michigan, in Detroit, their job is to make money, and if they can't make money here, well, what what are we what are we doing? They're going to go somewhere else. They're not going to fold up shop. One more, one, one more, more, real quick, Brian. Marcia from White Lake. The union should be striking Biden, who is pushing electric cars. They take less workers, less parts, and these jobs will go out of the country. China will make our cars. Wake up, UAW. Well, and look, here's the other thing: is there is a, there is about an even split on UAW workers and electric vehicles. Like there are it's like 47 to 46 of of UAW workers supporting EV production and those who are who are against it. I mean, th- th- that is also a hot topic of contention in the UAW. Let's go to Jerry in Ferndale. Hey, Jerry. How you doing, Chris? Good. I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Um, my father retired from GM and I myself. I'm a union person or was a union. Mm-hmm. I'm retired. I was on the executive board for Communication Workers of America. Okay. 
So I understand the strike process and what's going on. I'm in agreement with you on this. I think that negotiations have to be strategically done. And if the UAW president wants to dig in his heels on certain things, he's he could be endangering his membership. Exactly. Um, they have options. If the company loses a lot of money up for being, they're going to recoup it somehow. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to recoup it? They have that option. It's always about the needs of the business to them. Yep. They're going to send the cars to be manufactured in another country. They're going to open, they're going to close facilities. They're going to lay off workers, mm-hmm. whatever they need to do to accommodate the needs of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. And that is, look, aside from the economic impact, right, and, and, you know, you got Patrick Anderson out there saying it could be anywhere between five and six billion dollars. That would be devastating. But that that is the doomsday scenario, isn't it? It it sort of is, and I understand what the union is asking for. Sure. And in certain respects, I agree with it. I think they have to be concerned with the membership and job security, because if they push too hard, these things could happen. If they stay out too long, the company has to make up what they've lost. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that's exactly what they would do. If they if this goes in too long, look again, Sean Fain, you got 97 percent of the rank and file that voted in support of of striking if necessary. So your entire workforce is with you. Your entire workforce understands that there is more to get or they think there's more to get. So they're willing to strike and they can dig in their heels. They can utilize unemployment. They can they can utilize the strike fund. And by targeting certain plants, they can make it hurt. But but they can continue along with the process as long as they need to. And I, I think the automakers are at some point, any company where a union is threatening a strike or in a strike, they have hard decisions to make depending on how long this goes. Uh, it's a good call, Jerry. Thank you. Uh, all right. I got to take a break here. You want me to be timely? All right. Let me, be, let me take a break. Danielle will yell at me. Uh, we got more calls coming up next. I got one line open if you want to hop in, 800-859-0957. We'll take a break. Continue on here with JR Afternoon. More of your calls on the UAW striking the big three here on WJR. All right, Trans-Siberian tickets, uh, Trans-Siberian orchestra tickets. Uh, We'll give you a chance to win those here momentarily. First, I want to go to Mike in Detroit. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. You know, he said they're highly skilled. Mm -hmm. Those are line workers. You got electricians and pipe fitters and millwrights. I get it. Those guys have skills. But 90% of their workforce are line workers, not a high-skilled job. Let, let them come out here and do what I do. I, they, they keep voting for the policies that made their money go less, and then they got a union president that's going to strategically strike so that when those plants fall like dominoes, and you know that they will, we, the taxpayer, are on the dime for all those people not working, so he can retain his money, and we got to pay for that again. So you don't, why, you why? don't, you don't think they are highly skilled? You don't think they are a skilled workforce? I don't think it takes a lot of skill to stand on a line. No, I've stood on a line. It doesn't. You do one job all day. Okay. All right, Mike. For the most part, a robot does most of it for you. All right, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. Don's in Fenton. Hey, Don. Hey. 
Um, I wanted to say that I think we're missing some of the point in the union workers actually striking and that these people have um, seen the CEOs of these companies and the leaders of these companies making outrageous amounts of money off the backs of the workers. And they're getting minimal compensation compared to what the CEOs are making. And it's the same for healthcare as the nurses. Like I'm a nurse okay. and I see this every day. Like, do you ever see any of the leadership or the CEOs of any of the companies taking cuts in their profits, you know, their income and their uh, healthcare that they receive their benefits? No, we take cuts every contract. Sure. And, and Don, so, I'm not mad at you. Here's no. where here's where I think the the difference is, right? And it's it's not to dismiss diminish anybody's job, but like the CEO of Ford is has different responsibilities than a, a UAW worker putting vehicles together, right? So right off the top, it's gonna be you're, you're getting paid at a different level. No, if they took a couple million dollars off the top, are they gonna you know be able to feed their families? Of course they are. But I don't, I've never under, that's what the job is paying. I mean, that's, I, I don't, I, I don't get mad at those people because they make a lot of money. I, that's what the job is. I couldn't be, I don't, I don't have the qualifications to be a CEO of a major automotive company. You know, I, so I don't, I don't, I don't get mad at those people for making a lot of money. I do see where a lot of the, the points that the UAW is talking about making a lot of sense. I, 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 you know, even you, you go back to what the, the early two thousands or the mid two thousands, 2007, 2008. And they took up, they took a, a cut in that contract in 2009. And I don't know if they were ever truly, uh, uh, you know, made full because of that. And so it makes sense, but that doesn't mean that what they're asking for now isn't a lot. It doesn't mean that the automakers are going to have to make a significant investment. Not that they can't, because of course they could, but they're they're at the top worried about things down the road, the future, all of those things, whereas the workers are, are focused on something different. And I appreciate the call. It's a good thought. I just, for me, I think that there's, there's, I don't, I don't get upset when people in big positions make a lot of money. Um, 800-859-0957. All right, let's give these tickets away. Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets, they're coming to town December 23rd. Little Caesars Arena, I need you to be caller number 9, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Pair of tickets to see the TSO in concert at Little Caesars Arena. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, performed live in concert two days before Christmas for two shows at Little Caesars Arena. For a bonus chance to win, you text the keyword GHOSTS to 800-859-0957. Official rules can be found at WJR.com. And tickets are available for purchase today at 313presents.com and at all Ticketmaster outlets. All right, real quick, let's go to Warren in Plymouth. Hey, Warren. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. The last caller just stole my thunder. Okay. 
um, I'm an e- high school econ teacher, and I'm as capitalistic as the next guy. Okay. But there is no way in God's green earth, and the optics are really bad, that Mary Barra and the CEO at Ford and Stellantis can justify the amount of money they make. You, you're telling me that that one person, okay, should make that much money. Here's the, here's the other issue, okay? The gap over the years between even white-collar workers, if any of these companies and the CEOs, and it's not just them. If she's making $30 million, guess what? She's got five or six people under her making 15 and $10 million dollars. That's okay, but, but but Warren, here, here, and look, and, and, and Chris, it's not equitable. Okay, not no, 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 no. Equitable. It's not about equity. It's yes, a, it it's is. it's about what that position is worth. Warren, if I came it's to not. you, if I came to you with a with a hot pocket, and I sold it to you for a thousand dollars, is that hot pocket worth a thousand dollars? Nope. But that's what the value was. That's what somebody saw the value as. That doesn't mean it's worth $1,000. That's what somebody wanted to pay for it. That's what it's no, worth in no. that moment. She and the board of directors decide what they're going to It's not a fair situation. The market has not decided She's overseeing a $169 billion company. What do you want her to make? Fifty grand? No, I never said that. It's just... Here's the other thing. What you see that she's making, that's not really accurate either because she's getting all kinds of stock options, they all are, that will increase her pay in the years to come by great amounts. It's the optics are bad. I mean, I look, fine. That's fine. That's though. fine. The optics can be bad, but that's for silly people. I don't have no, – Warren, Warren, I appreciate the call. It's not that – that doesn't jive with me. It's what if if tomorrow Mary Barr was fired and they said we're only going to pay somebody a hundred thousand dollars a year to do the job? Well, then somebody will have that job for a hundred thousand dollars a year. I that uh, I appreciate the call. Hi, KB. How you doing? Good. How are you? Deep into uh, negotiations here, huh? Deep in negotiations. Now I've been on both sides. Yeah. I was uh, when I first started GM. I sat in on the negotiations, local okay negotiations. So I saw how that worked out. Okay. It was just quiet there. And like I said, I'm from a union background. My father being a delegate, okay. he sure. ran a union shop back in his day at Chrysler. So I've seen it from both sides. Yeah. And I just figure they got to settle. They got to they got to each compromise on this and get it done. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the guys back in '84 when I first came in the gym, that actual workers on the line, mm-hmm. ask me how many of them are still around today, and how many of them have problems today with physical problems. Sure. I mean, whatever they ask for, whatever they can get. I'm all for it because it's a taxing job that takes a lot. Of, it takes years off of you. But look, and I, so and I I'm agree. Not, I'm not. Whatever they can negotiate, I'm fine with it. I agree. Do you agree with me that the way that they're attacking this strike makes you think that they're in it for the long haul? You know, they're going to they're going to target these specific plants. we got one in Wayne, one in well, Toledo, that's, that's one in Missouri. That's, their, that's, that's different, that's though. Their, but that's their only thing they really can do. No, they could strike altogether. <laughs> An altogether strike doesn't take a fa- if you, selective strike and probably but is the this best. way they can, can they can continue to maintain the robust strike fund that they have. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of strategies. I, I'm staying out. Of, I'm just saying that I'm all for any negotiations between unions. And I think I'm there's a, a lot. Union guy. I think that there's a lot that the union that is asking for that's legit. I think other 
Parts of it is nonsense. Well, sure. But everybody's asked for a lot. It's what you're going to settle for. It's exactly what right. Settle with? It's exactly right. Are you guys you know? talking this when you come up? I'm asked for that hat you're wearing. I'm going to get it. You like this? From negotiations before we get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I don't today? have a ski mask. I got to go find <laughs> one before mask, this weekend. Baby. Lions. Lions, 2 and 0. 2 and 0. 2 and 0. All right, that's going to do it for me. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Mitch Alvin and the crew coming up next. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place.